right. Hello, everybody. I'm very excited because this is our first official episode of There Are Four Hosts. We are a small collective of Trekkies excited about the new Star Trek Picard show. I am one of your hosts, Michael. I have been a Trekkie for as long as I can remember. I grew up watching TNG. That was my first introduction to Star Trek. So my captain is, of course, Captain Picard. I am very excited about the new show, to say the least. I look forward to talking about it once the show premieres. Uh, and with me are my other hosts. Hey, I am uh, Jay, or uh, Just Average Jay, on Twitch and on all the social medias. Um, I also am a TNG fan. I grew up on TNG, and uh, Picard is my captain as well. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Sabrina. Uh, I'm a little younger than uh, the two of you, it seems. I grew up on Voyager. <laughs> Uh, my first memory of Star Trek, I was like four, and my dad dragged the mat I was playing on over in front of the TV so that we could watch as a family. So it's thanks to him that I love Star Trek. Um, but I think I might be more obsessed than him at this point. Um, yep, you can find me anywhere online at Voidcat Gaming on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, I'm known as Eris Navorta on Twitch, and um, my previous name was Matthew Blue Fox. It's still Matthew Blue Fox on YouTube because this is my fanfiction character, so I also wrote some German fanfiction. I grew up with Star Trek The Next Generation, mm -hmm. and I watched it on German television in the, uh, ZDF the first time, so it was German dubbed, and I... I couldn't even speak English back then. So, yeah, I started, like, the international uh, broadcast. I, I watched, started watching in the late 90s, beginning of 2000. And, uh, yeah, that's that's basically my introduction to Star Trek. And then I watched Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. And, yeah, that that's where I stopped watching because the rest is uh, a little difficult for me to <laughs> But yeah, up up to in including Enterprise, everything is great. And my captain is Jean-Luc Picard. All right. Okay, so our homework, which um, anytime Star Trek is involved in my homework, I love it. It's not really homework. Uh, but we were watching uh, Iborg and Descent uh, Parts 1 and 2, uh, which will, uh, as we know, tie into the new Star Trek Picard show. Um, so who wants to go first? What did we think of Iborg? I know we've probably seen it a bunch of times, uh, but it had been a while since I'd seen it, so I watched it recently. Um, what, did, what did you guys think? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just breathing at the same time. I, I kind of have an obsession with uh, the concept of AI and the way that it's written in, um, you know, like by humans that humans like robots are always trying to become human mm -hmm. so um i particularly liked iborg uh because like it it deals with the inability to work in certain ways as a robot but um hugh developed his sense of individuality because he was cut off from other voices and not because he was attempting to be more human and then mm -hmm. they they like dealt with the other side of it once we hit descent where he was like kind of the opposing figure to Lauren Data's kind of like combative issues. And <laughs> no offense to the writers of Descent, but I think Iborg is just like much more interesting in its writing. And then they kind yeah. of like pulled him back because Iborg did so well because it's such an interesting episode that they were like, oh, we got to bring this guy back. And yeah. I'm glad that they're doing it again. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with um, the development of the Borg, because obviously with Hugh and with Seven, who went through the same thing, there's going to be a, like, 
trying to pull these creatures who are human-ish, I mean, different species, mm-hmm. whatever, and then got pulled into the drone life and then trying to revert back to our form of sentience is very interesting. So I'm excited about that. And Picard uh, put it, pulling out his locutus voice is always really fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved how in iBorg, how you could just kind of feel Picard's hatred for the Borg, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, just seething, he was just like, you know, almost like shoot him in the head, you know, let's get it over with. But then by the end of the episode, he was, you know, almost, you know, giving uh, Hugh a hug when he left. Uh, so I thought it was it was a pretty good... Pretty good little, you know, not transformation, but it was a good uh, shift in his attitudes towards, towards at least Hugh, um, which I think it's, you know, it was an amazing performance by uh, Patrick Stewart. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's one of the things I, I really loved watching his hatred go from hatred to almost acceptance in the course of, you know, one episode. Yeah. Well, and you could say the same thing for Guinan. I mean, you know, there's, oh, yeah. a, there's such a dynamic um, oh. difference in... I guess, in character interaction with you. I mean, you look at the doctor, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Crusher, and you look at Jordy, and they were the first ones to kind of see beyond just the, the drone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, they, yeah. they were like, wait, yeah, wait a minute. Crusher immediately yeah, sees him w- as a kid. Exactly. Like, wait a minute. This, there's something more here. And Picard and Guinan were, were not really interested. And they, again, their hatred, the, the episode basically went from their hatred to an understanding of well there's more to it than ju- it's not just black and white there's there's so much more to it and it just it the dynamics and just the the drama of that was really really powerful you know i mean you've got Jordy who's befriending him you've got dr crusher who's mm-hmm. trying to protect him and you've got picard and guinan who are just I, 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 rightfully so with their past i mean the board yeah. obliterated guinan's culture and, and planet you know and and picard was locutus so i mean you understand his hatred but it's really mm-hmm. powerful to see that transformation from hatred to understanding and acceptance, you know, and, and they didn't know what they were, what was going to happen. Obviously no, no one did until descent came out, but right. <laughs> you know, they didn't know what was going to happen. So, you know, it, it, it was just a very human episode. It just, it, it kind of showed the, the good and the bad of humanity because all of us mm-hmm. have the capability of anger. We all have the capability Even of Picard. hatred. Yeah, exactly. The capability of, um, prejudice you know and and then yeah. just being able to get beyond that and to to come back to the human of instinct of well there there's more to it than just black and white it's not good and bad it's not black and white there there's so many more levels or layers to to what's going on so it's just a super powerful episode i've always loved that yeah. episode yeah me too do you think that um jordy and beverly's like uh do you think the reason they handled them differently was their because they were approaching it from a scientific and medical uh, stance versus a pure emotion. I'd say Jordy definitely, like, it started out as a kind of like a science experiment, and then the more he talked yeah. to Hugh, like, the more he started to see him as a kid. But Bev, um, definitely, uh, and not just in this episode, there's a bunch of episodes like that, but she's always, you know, first and foremost, I am a doctor, I will do no harm, and if I mm-hmm. see someone dying, I will help them. It doesn't matter to her that he's Bork. Yeah. He's dying. He doesn't have anybody to help him. She's going to take care of him. So I yeah. think definitely like she's the, the stand of humanity in this of the the like best of us. But like she's not concerned about the danger. Whereas Picard as the captain has to balance the two and he knows exactly how dangerous the board are. 
Um, yeah, firsthand. But yeah, she just kicks into mother mode like immediately. <laughs> Love it. Eris, actually, I'm curious about your take on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was about to mention Guinan and then Jay did. So <laughs> sorry like, about that. Uh, when when you're the last, it's always hard. Uh, it's always a little difficult to point out. Feel free to jump that, in while we're talking too. <laughs> <laughs> that weren't pointed out yet. But I like the fencing scene between uh, Picard and Guinan because um, mm. yeah, she 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 was like uh, showing a weakness or something like she fe- uh, yeah. she she acted like she was injured or something and then he uh, hesitated and then she knocked him off. So mm-hmm. it was like that was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she landed the, the deciding hit and then she said, you know, uh, what what does uh, showing compassion get you? And then. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that was the moment when, like, even Guinan was, uh, uh, when when, when uh, the captain actually realized, okay, when even Guinan is uh, interested in getting to know this individual that is Hugh, uh, I think then he thought he, he's probably going to have to try out as well. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got into it. Uh, so I like that part because... Uh, that was a deciding moment when uh, when Jean Luc actually uh, this uh, yeah when he got drawn into it. Yeah. And then I, I also like this dialogue uh, between him and uh, Hugh in, in the in the ready room when uh, he says, "I am the cutest of Borg," and then, <laughs> you know, and then Hugh and then uh, Hugh says, "Resistance is not futile," and then like oh, this entire thing, and then. <laughs> And then yeah, yeah, that was that was great. That is a yeah, moment. yeah. That uh, the actor Jonathan Del Arco did a fantastic job because I mean you could tell, at least I thought in the in the episode you could really see like him acting like a child, almost vulnerable, uh, not mm-hmm. sure of himself, uh, especially when he was talking to Lacutus. Um, so I thought that was it was a good job he did with that. Yeah, you can like watch him think about what's being said to him and like analyze it. Yeah. I, I loved his his friendship that he imme- almost immediately got with Jordy. Uh, with Jordy, um, and his you know concern for him both in this episode and Descent I thought was was really touching. So he he did a fantastic job I think. I was so excited when they announced that he was going to be a part of Picard, just because his yeah. character. I mean, obviously, uh, Sabrina and my screen names previously were of Borg, right? So we're Borg <laughs> fans uh, before our rebrands, and. Um, you know, Hugh, I was talking to Sabrina, Hugh wasn't the first Borg, but he was the one that kind of put a face to the Borg. So right. having Hugh or having, you know, Jonathan DeLarco back in the mix as Hugh, just, I mean, that's like, talk about uh, <laughs> fanning, you know, like, I'm just, I'm so excited. Like, I'm such a fan of that character that I am just mm-hmm. so excited. I can't, it's almost like I can't stand the ante- anticipation. <laughs> because I'm so excited to see what's coming, you know. Well, the big the Borg were like the big the big uh, baddies for Picard. So I mean, if you're gonna make a show about Picard, it has to be about the evolution of that, right? Yeah. Well, we only have uh, 75 days, 21 hours, and nine minutes. <laughs> Not that I am counting down. I love. Not that I have a countdown on my phone at all that I'm looking at right now. Uh, no, not that. at all. Of course. No, not. I just pulled that uh, out of my head. <laughs> um, Seventy-five days. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Yes. So That's not- nothing. <laughs> I know. I could do that in my sleep. I guess I could sleep till then. Um, so what? Uh, what do you guys think if, like, you were put in that situation, which I know is kind of you know 
far-fetched you know for now but like which who would you who did you relate to most in that episode do you think like picard or guinan i mean who how would you react to to that and especially like kind of sending this this borg this kid back to essentially like destroy his whole race um i don't know what what would you guys think i i i've always really related to jordy and i think sabrina Mm -hmm. could kind of laugh at this because she knows me pretty well and knows that i I am a people person, I am a people pleaser, and I'm also very interested in fixing things or mm-hmm. making things better, you know? So thinking of it in a, in a, how can I, like, it's almost like, how can I big brother this situation? Like, how can I be the, the positive influence or the, the person that can make this situation better than it could be otherwise, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. I've always really related to Jordy, especially in that episode, just because his, you know, his patience, his humanity. Um, he's an engineer, which I love because I love building things and working on things. So, um, you know, just I really related to, to Jordy in that episode. Cool. Eris, Eris, what about you? You mean the, like... One particular character that stood out for me in the episode? Yeah, or who, who did you relate to most in the episode? I would say... I would say Guinan. Because you, you could... Uh, like, she's not a regular. But in that episode, it was like... There was already this appearance she had in Season 2 with Q-Who. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got the background information about her. Like, she and the Borg went way back. And uh, that was a that was a nice moment for Guinan to uh, and of course Hugh himself as well uh, as a guest character. But I think it was for me it was more about these two guest characters rather than uh, the main characters that were not in the focus in this episode. It was really about Hugh, and for me it was also a little bit about Guinan and uh, the background she had with the Borg, and she she got she got over it. So yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sabrina? It's difficult growth for Guinan. <laughs> Sorry? Uh, I said that was quite some, some like, beautiful growth for Guinan. But, uh, hmm. <laughs> huh. Uh, I don't know. It's the thing, Star Trek for me is, like, kind of hard to compare to real life because it's just, like, so, it, it's much more m- moral. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the reasons I do love Iborg so much is because it deals a lot with like the the difficulty in finding the right thing to do. So I want to say Bev, but honestly, I'd probably be more like Hugh in this character, just like thrust in a new situation in this situation, thrust in a new place without the people who usually support me. I would just like not know what to do until and then start like depending on the the kindness of the people who are, are in the new situation. Uh, you know, and letting that change me. So maybe that makes me malleable. <laughs> um, but I definitely connected with Hugh the most in that particular episode, which is why I think I was so distressed um, when he has like a very short period of time in um, the two-parter. And yeah. he's just immediately like angry at all of them because I'm like, what happened to that relationship he had with Jordy? Like, I, I understand why he'd be frustrated that like he's sent back home and then everything collapses, but um, it it felt like it kind of erased some of the progress he had made just to put um, 
Worf and uh, Riker in like a more tenuous situation. And uh, that frustrated me a little. But I don't think they're even written by the same people, right? What, what was that you said? The, the episodes. Oh, uh, no, I'm I don't bored. think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to go with Jay on it as far as relating to Jordy the most. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I, I tend to be very, like, um, you know, factual and take stuff as I see it. Um, so I think I would probably approach approach it his way. Although I can also um, I can also kind of understand Picard, his feelings, um, of course. But uh, I would like to think I would be uh, more like Jordy and Beverly, and not not like Picard and Worf, who just wanted to kill him. But uh, <laughs> of course, you never know in that situation. Um, so yeah, and then so we have at the end of that episode, uh, as he beams up um, to the to the Borg ship, we kind of see him turn his head to to Jordy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of like as an indication that he's still, he's still Hugh, um, which I thought was pretty cool. And then we kind of from that point we kind of jump into Descent. Um, what what did you guys think of of part one? <clears throat> the one thing that that I always the one thing that kind of bothered me about those episodes is. Um, it's the whole it's the data emotion thing it always gets me you know and i understand like mm-hmm. later you know later in the series um he ends up getting his emotion chip for the movies and all that stuff and you know that's cool but it, it just it, it's just so tough because in episodes like that where data is this <clears throat> you know unemotional just very deliberate character and then you throw in this hey i'm just gonna have lore feed him anger and then he's just going to immediately flip a switch and just w- basically be ready to kill every single person ever. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it just, it's so extreme. And it, it just, it's always hard for me to stomach stuff like that. Just, w- especially when you have such a, a respect for a character. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, I understand it's, it's the writing and that it's part of the story and they kind of had to do that. But it's still, you know. It's still kind of hard to stomach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The emotion chip thing has always been his has always been kind of inconsistent because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it, it seems like he already has emotions with the way he reacts to stuff. Yep. But eh, I mean, it, I I can overlook that because it's Trek and I love it to death. But uh, <laughs> I, I will say though that Brent Spiner, I mean, I loved his performance you know, always as Data, but of course uh, as Lore as well because I think he plays mm-hmm. it. He plays it. He puts kind of just enough cheese on it, you know, to make it awesome in my opinion you know because he he's, he's kind of like this cheesy villain twirling his mustache almost yeah. but at the same time he's kind of scary um you know so i thought yeah. i thought that was really great that was one of my favorite parts of the the two-parter laura being like very sure of himself but simultaneously just very chaotically imbalanced is yeah like great he does a fantastic job um spiner yeah, in regards to Data's behavior, there was definitely, like, some level of drug addiction kind of metaphor in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, especially TNG um, tried to do some stuff with big subjects, and sometimes they had missteps. And uh, I feel like that's one of the the places where they, like, they went too hard for kind of a, like, um, the dare sort of, if you touch drugs once, you'll go crazy sort of thing. And it it just feels like it lacks... Subtlety. So I agree with you there. <laughs> Definitely. Um, 
But yeah, they had to kind of make Data the enemy or it wouldn't have worked. But I get so sad every time I watch the scene where he injects stuff into Jordy's head. I'm just like, please oh, don't, yeah. please don't. No, 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 don't though. Yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, this, this, the boy, you know, I was thinking about this when I was watching the episodes again about the Borg Queen. And I know, I know she didn't come until first contact, but I wonder, you know, do you guys know if there were any books or comics that kind of, uh, covered that topic like where she was during this time did they go back and address that or did they just kind of say she didn't come up until first contact you know books and comics are like secondary canon i don't really true yeah <laughs> i put too much stock in them because they disagree with themselves a lot but honestly the entire borg queen thing was kind of a weird because the borg were scary because they were collective mm-hmm. and then they were like they're not really they don't really think for themselves they're purely drones with the queen and then they went from being the scary like all possessive they will turn you into one of them thing to just like an army of ants kind of yeah mm-hmm. she was a fun villain like her acting is great oh yeah it is interesting that data gets given emotions twice by bork to try to control him or you right. know like Laura wasn't bork but he was controlling the bork and data simultaneously yeah not only emotions, but like human skin His as well. Hair. Yeah, that was always freaky. <laughs> when she blows on it and then like sticks up. Yep. Yeah, I could have done without that scene. <laughs> well, they always, you know, they they kind of mention it in these episodes about how, um, you know, the Borg aspire to be what Data and Lore are. You know, like the embodiment mm-hmm. of perfection, or or, or is there's something totally something to that cybernetic. Extent. Yeah, to yeah, some 100%. that extent. Yeah, so I mean, you could see why the Borg Queen, if even if she doesn't tie into it, like specifically, you know, in the canon as far as, you know, books or, or anything like that, um, they've they've multiple multiple times have stated how Data and you know um, any Anunian sings, um, sings, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Anunian sing is another one. Yeah, I know. It's, I always get those mixed up, and I'm like, ugh. I don't know why I do that, but yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, his, you know, his his um, androids are to Borg perfection, you know. So it would make sense that the Queen, you know, sees him as that, and that 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 comes up in these episodes even. Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting at the end of Descent Part Two. You know, they kind of implied that uh, Hugh could maybe be the the leader of the yep. this new type of Borg. So it'll be interesting to see if they address that in the new series, you know, like what happens and like if they even mention the Borg Queen or how that'll all fit together. Um, I, I hope it's direct, directly re- referenced by making him literally just the leader of the independent Borg and he's doing it with like Jerry Ryan, you know? Oh, that would be cool. But and, that's the thing because it was never picked up again after this uh, two-parter. Like right. you was never mentioned again and... Um, yeah, so th- th- I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing a, a solve of this in the in the Star Trek Picard show. Uh, what what I just thought we're I think we're still talking mainly about the end part one is that I just never really got how and like the logic and how it was possible for Lord like to transfer these uh, emotions to Data. Of course, through Croesus, we saw that. Uh, when Croesus was in the for, uh, in the break there, but it just felt a little cheap. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I thought like, okay, um, that could have done a little bit on maybe a little more creatively. I don't know, but yeah, um, I agree. It it just happened, and then it was like, okay, but 
That's why I think this end part two was way better than part one. Hmm. Certainly had more action. Yeah. Yeah, I think also they tend beca- to... Also because Beverly finally gets to command the Enterprise. You know? Yeah. There you go. I actually, um, like, they're not a huge part of it, but I really I really like um, what's going on on the bridge with, like, the ensign mm. and the lieutenant uh, that are normally not there. Just, like, it, it's nice. Some of my favorite Trek episodes have, like, a bunch of guest star spots, and that's one of the ones that have a bunch of guest star spots, and it really gives them a chance to shine on characters that we haven't seen already. And it's... Yeah, well, the whole sunspot thing where they, uh, you know, take out the the Type 3 ship um, just mm-hmm. with, with the, the sun, you know, just vaporizing yeah. the ship. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the, the banter and almost the, the discontent between the security lieutenant and then the ensign and how she's like, well, you know, this is what I, I did my thesis on. And he's like, well, the thesis isn't really real life kind of stuff. And then she got to prove herself and earn his respect, which just is super, super cool. You know? you know, I'm yeah. on both sides here. Yeah. I really love that scene and how he smiles at the end. But definitely, just in general, they should have just had somebody double check her math real fast. Like, yeah. Like, it was really it, sweet when he said, like, no offense, but she, yeah. She did it. She did it. Fair enough. Fork chip destroys her. <laughs> Something like that. First, he was smiling. Oh, she did it. You know? And then he was like, Fork chips destroys her. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, have the computer just double check the math Barnaby, real quick. Lieutenant Barnaby and Ensign Tate was their name. Oh, there you go. Thank oh, cool. you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no offense to her. She's a genius. Like, the fact that she even came up with the idea is like, yeah. wow. And she's yeah. a cutie pie, Thinking on your too. feet. Yeah, and she is a cutie pie. <laughs> but, I mean, double check your math. It's just a thing you should be doing anyway. Well, and It's in, like you go to... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, it's like you go to the doctor and they say you've got three months to live. I'm going to double check that. That's just yeah. me. Yeah, agreed. Well, and it, <laughs> just for safety. Just, and even just talking about double checking math and stuff like that, the whole um, metaphas- metaphasic shielding, you know, that, you know, I mean, that was obviously brought, in, brought in up and, and uh, a part of the season previously, but mm-hmm. it's still one of those things where, hey, this has not been tested. Let's fly into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> to test it. Yeah. Well, let's just with the Enterprise. Like, they always do that. They just want to add tension, like, oh, we don't know if it'll work. Oh, but it works. Yeah, I know you wrote it. <laughs> we and it's also good the... because of Beverly, because it was uh, the moment when Beverly. That was uh, the episode where Beverly almost left Starfleet because of this metaphasic, metaphasic uh, thing there, mm-hmm. and yeah. she uh, she was under investigation because like she uh, up, uh, like uh, been an abduction of uh, Doctor Rega, like this Ferengi guy. And uh, that was cool that this was also brought back because she was in command of the Enterprise and she remembered, oh, we still have this metaphysics uh, program there uh, that has not been tested yet, but we could try it out, you yeah. know? That was Especially nice. since it's, like, not at all her specialty. Right. Yeah. And I'm, well, what's, That's I it's her hobby. Yeah. Well, and what's, what's cool <laughs> metaphysics shielding. Yeah. And dancing. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Tap dancing, yep. And what's cool about it, though, too, is, you know, she... Um, so there are, obviously people are going to say, oh, man, Do- Dr. Crusher's in charge of the Enterprise, you know, like even us viewers watching it, you know, it's it's like, okay, we're kind of second-guessing her because she's not really who we're used to being in the commander's But seat. also, typically you would not put your chief medical officer in a commanding <laughs> role just because you need the doctor to be the doctor. Yes. But forget that. That's a different... So for <laughs> except, yeah. except for this ECH. 
Yes. Voyager. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. emergency command hologram. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, yeah, but that's because there was nobody else left. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love that, by the way. That was great. But that was another episode. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Exactly. <laughs> that, that'll be for our other Let's podcast about Voyager. About Voyager. No, um, right. Yeah, we got to do another one talking about Jerry Ryan. I mean. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Hello. Oh, yeah. Um, no, but it's just, it's interesting that, you know, of all people, she's put in command. We're not used to it. She pulls this thing out of a hat basically it's like oh let's use metaphasic shielding you know mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just this whole like uncomfort of okay you're the commander now and you're using these shields that have never been tested and <laughs> the people on the bridge have never been on the bridge before yeah yeah so yeah, was it's that just this pure uncomfort level you know <laughs> was that was that was there so many of the crew that was on the planet that they couldn't yeah, find they somebody else the, yep mm-hmm Huh, um, okay. And actually, that's the other thing in iBorg. There's a lot of, you know, I was talking about earlier about how Bev does the doctor thing. And she's like, the first thing I care about is helping this patient. Um, sh- she sends them back into a dangerous situation to make sure that they get everybody off that planet. Does not care. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Borg are very dangerous, but we're going back to get our crew. That's it. Yeah. 47 yeah. people, I think. I thought she did a good job. It had to be 47. I don't know. Um, I don't know if we've established rules as far as language, so you know we'll have to figure that out. But just to throw, throw it out there, uh, Beverly, Beverly was a badass. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. I don't think that's is that still a bad word, badass. I don't know. I did when I listed us in the the podcast directors. I did say explicit language, so we can go crazy, whatever we want to do. Oh okay. <laughs> um, what I was going to bring up too, though. Um, is the whole the captain not going on away missions thing that kind of goes oh, out yes. the window. that kind of goes out the window this episode like right off the bat no one even like checks him on it no one even calls him out like a lot of times Riker would call him out and be like sir that's or data or you know like sir the, or, or, both or, or Worf yeah yeah but man this these episodes just straight up Picard was like let's go and and he's like oh. <laughs> For, from almost every episode, they have the chief medical officer, the chief security, captain, all going down almost on an away mission. So it's, yeah, they they, they never abide by that rule book. It's not quite it was very similar to Gambit. To similar to who? I'm sorry? Uh, sorry, we spoke uh, together. I, I was just saying it was very similar to Gambit, where also like Picard and Riker both were away and then Data mm-hmm. took command. Mm. So it was, yeah. it was a pretty similar situation. Yep, you're right. Yep, I'm seeing a theme. I'm seeing a theme for from Picard. Tw- what twenty years later? <laughs> oh well, uh, okay. 30, so since I think. you brought it up, um, what are your theories about Picard's, my friend? What is Picard about? Um, about the best captain that ever. I mean, no, uh, I can go first if you want me. To. Yeah, go ahead. I have a theory. All right. So, um, they showed us at his wine house with the lovely puppy, little yes. dog. Um. <laughs> For those of you at home, they already know, but um, I my rule is if I know I'm going to watch something, then I don't watch a trailer for it because it's just an ad for the thing I already know I'm going to watch. And I'm so I'm just like making it straight off up the top of my head plus the poster that I saw. But <laughs> it seems like most likely Picard is retired, so my hope is, even if it's childish, whatever, my hope is that he, he retired and then they put him in a position of um, like... I can't believe I forgot this word. Ambassador. He's the, because of his position as Locutus, he's now the ambassador with the Borg collection that's growing with Hugh. Oh, of, that'd be cool. Uh, individual Borg. And then they have to, you know, they're working together to 
be part of the Federation, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Mm. And against, like, the Collective itself. And uh, Seven of Nine will be on their side, obviously. So that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see what happens. That's, yeah, I like that. Even if it wasn't what that was, you should, you know, propose that idea to them and see what <laughs> they think for, like, season two. Ambassadorship. Because, I mean, that's Picard. He's level-headed. He yeah. listens to all the sides, even if he disagrees with them. Um, before he makes any decisions, he's very, like, careful about um, what he thinks the possible downfalls of things are and, like, the benefits. So he'll definitely think heavily about what's going on, and he's surrounded by intelligent people who will help him. I just hope it's going to be more content and less fanservice. Well, so one thing to throw out there, because I know you haven't watched trailers and, and you haven't really followed it, so I hope, like, that. I think me and Beetle and Eris are all kind of worried, like, okay, we hope we don't, like, ruin anything for, for uh, Voidcat. But, yeah. Ba- <laughs> yeah, but basically... Y- you can't. Yeah. They, they've mentioned that this isn't the same captain. So they, they, they've kind mm-hmm. of said, hey, right, right. This, there, there are going to be some differences. He's going to be a little bit, you know, there, he, he might be a little bit colder or a little bit more jaded or that something happened to to kind of change mm-hmm. him from where he was at the end of nemesis to right. where he is now um so well, yeah, and, it's been 30 years yeah and and part of what i'm hoping is that whatever journey this is it brings him back to our captain do you see what i'm saying like he straight yeah. away he, yeah he had he's he's become kind of jaded him. exactly to like to help him bring his his Starfleet core back and his humanity back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that would be awesome because kind of my issue with uh, with the Discovery of the first season uh, very much was that it kind of did away with the, the, the Star Trek was all about, for me, like morality and making the right decision yeah. in the face of difficulty. And I feel like they just went real dark and I'm concerned... And I understand it's because of the way that television is changing right now. And I'm really concerned that they made those decisions about Picard because of what's popular right now in television and not because of the story that needs to be told. So I'm with you. I really hope that's what's going to happen. I'm just very anxious also. (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, But I hope we get to, if if nothing else, I hope we can get to see some of Picard's, uh, you know, famous, no, not famous speeches, but I hope we can see him do some more speeches that Q loves. I, I love those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or for, for I for one hope that it's really going uh, to be better than Discovery and uh, tra- JJ Trek. So uh, oh, yeah. I think I have I have much higher hopes already in this Picard series. Just for it's the trailer that I saw, this is already yeah. like this is big time. And what I what I thought maybe the cooperative or this Unimatrix Zero movement could also play a role in this hmm. new Borg uh, yeah. future. You know, That's, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's, um, that would be nice. Like having like Unimatic Zero got destroyed, but I think the mines still are living on. I'm I'm not sure, but I I don't know what happened there at the end. I have to rewatch the, that episode. But I think that that this the, the this hidden spirit is still there, and the cooperative obviously still exists. It exists in Star Trek Online, so mm-hmm. it yeah. could also exist in Star Trek Picard. You never know. Hmm. That's a that's a good idea. I think we've one thing we've settled for sure is that we should all be writing for the new show, right? <laughs> we have some great yeah. ideas. Uh, they should hire me immediately. Yeah. They should hire Sabrina for sure. Yeah. yeah. They should hire me to be in it and write it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and okay. play the Borg Queen. 
Yeah. Okay, the young new boy. Queen. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking showrunner. Honestly, <laughs> board queen. Okay, but I'm thinking uh, showrunner. I mean, let, okay, let's be okay, honest. Okay, okay, you guys stop flat Showrunner. Stop. Let's stop. All right. Put her at the helm. <laughs> yeah. I can't handle it. There you go. <laughs> hey, you guys. I'm Perfect. here anyway. Hire me. Hire me. Yeah. Um, it's like you and however many other people, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Once you're a Twitch partner, things might get mind change. You know. Yeah. Let me get there. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we all are you know i actually all have right. a question too though is um mm-hmm. john delancey you guys think q is gonna make an appearance Ooh. that's interesting i've heard i've heard rumors but who i mean that's who who knows it would be interesting I, as long as they did it the right way of course of course yeah yeah but um, i mean he you know at the at, at encounter at farpoint he i mean it, like he kind of started it's our fault we ran his he was always there i mean he was there the first episode he was there the last episode so it would be fun to see him in the picard show yeah 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 and he did introduce Um, us to the borg so over dinner absolutely (laughs) over dinner i don't think q's gonna be in it and let me tell you why Mm -hmm. q is amazing for episodic shows because you can pop in an episode and just have like a really ridiculous you know peter pan or robin hood kind of episode yeah but with the way that we're doing everything now being uh, like a uh, one story instead of episodic, like uh, it looks like Picard is most likely going to be like that too. It's very difficult to have an overpowered character like Q be in a continuing story like that. Yeah. Maybe a flashback. Yeah. That'd be fun. I I would like John Lelancey to pop up. I just don't think it's likely. Okay. Well, there we Au have contraire, some... mon capitaine! <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Uh, we did have a couple other TNG actors show up in the trailer. I don't know. I don't want to ruin it for you, Sabrina, but... Um, I, I've heard. Okay, so I am really excited to see them uh, come back. The even couple? if it's Yeah, even if it's just for like a you know short little scene like that, I think that'll be really cool to see them together again. I, I definitely want uh, Picard's old crew to still be supporting him in life. Like, Oh, yeah. There, there's no reason why he should be their captain for seven years. You know, he's the reason that Riker is the man that he is, kind of. Mm-hmm. Because, remember, there was all those times when they were like, Riker, you should move on and be in captain. And he's like, no, I think I will learn more staying here. Um, to give up on that relationship would be ridiculous. And, and for Data to not be friends with Picard anymore would be ridiculous. Although I know it's difficult for Brent Spiner because he, he stopped playing him ages ago because he was worried he looked too old. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, with with the technology they have now, they can make him look young, which you know. So that's that no is problem. true. <laughs> that's probably why he agreed to return. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. Yeah, spoiler alert, Sabrina. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Uh, I'm in a shit posting group. Uh, it's not possible to spoil me. There you go. Yeah. All right. But no, I think it's, it's okay. I, the spoilers don't bother me. It's the way that the story is told, not the things that are in the story. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense to you. Oh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. The journey. Yes. You know one thing, actually, that I think is really fun, where we're at now versus when TNG was first airing, and even mm-hmm. up to the last episode, because I, I don't think Jonathan Frakes was directing until uh, he did First Contact. Yeah, I think you're right. I think. I mean, I might be mistaken. I know he did a couple. Um, he he directed for the show Roswell and stuff, but I think that was after First Contact. But having Riker, the the person that plays Riker, be a director on the series, just like I feel like that's such a powerful like 
thing. I mean, there's, you know, you have someone who plays there's somebody there that understands Berman, well, uh, Star yeah. Trek. And, and that, that yeah. loves the, the, the lore and the characters because he was one, you know, I mean, yeah. he like, so having Jonathan Frakes in the director chair, and I know it's not every episode, but I mean, just having him there as a resource, I mean, that's, that's huge, you know, cause he gets it. He's, he was one of them and he yeah. is now one of them as well as the man behind the camera. You know, and yeah. he directed the most uh, successful uh, cinema movie yeah. of Star Trek. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Jonathan Frakes is—I mean, he's—I honestly, I so Patrick Stewart is my favorite actor of all time, mm-hmm. like hands down, as mm-hmm. far as like theater and movies and drama and comedy. He can Ooh, do have anything. Have you seen a play with him in it? Huh? Uh, the, the, yeah, him and uh, Ian McKellen were uh, doing their play in Berkeley for a long time. The Shakespeare one. Mm-hmm. But but nonetheless, like he's but just theatrically, stage or screen, he's amazing. And Jonathan Frakes was always, <laughs> it's it's funny. But you know, when you're like a young boy, or, you know, a teenager, and you see Riker, who's basically the heartthrob, you know, you're <laughs> like, okay, like I that's who I want to be if I'm on TNG. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have this like this view of Riker as this like ladies man that is just this suave guy that you that you want to grow into and now you know you know what I mean so like Patrick Stewart's my favorite actor yeah. but Riker is who I wanted to be on the show mm-hmm. well I, I stopped trying to be like Riker when I <laughs> tried to sit down in chairs like him and broke my leg so that was it for me it was like no I'm kidding <laughs> well played the Riker Maybe maneuver well played yes the Riker maneuver yeah. <laughs> well played <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think, yeah, we're all pretty excited about Picard. We have, hang on, 75 days, 20 hours, 39 minutes to go. (laughs) Okay, hold on, hold on. I will talk about Jerry Ryan for a second. I love it. (laughs) In in related to what you were saying about uh, Jonathan Frakes, in an interview about, actually, I forget what it was about, probably about our relationship with someone in the show. But um, Jerry Ryan said, in an interview said that uh, part of the things with TV shows is that the actor becomes the guardian of their character because like uh, writers rooms are a little different now but it used to be like you'd have different writers and then different directors and they're all trying to do different things with your characters and you have to be like here's what's important about my character Um, and having Jonathan Frakes be a director not only somebody who worked on Star Trek but the fact that he understands exactly that that like the way that he had to be the representative of Riker and stuff. I think that'll help a ton. Um, just to add to what Jay was saying, why it's even cooler that he's there. Go Frakes. <laughs> Plus, it's good for Frakes because I just remember him talking about like how he got locked in a, a TV movie kind of directing jail, <laughs> as oh. he likes to say. <laughs> and it's nice that they're giving him more stuff to do. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I love the librarians. They were really funny. I can't wait for the outtakes because Frakes is the king of outtakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, so, he's so good. He's like... Uh, Jonathan Frakes, he's, he's so good. I just... Uh. Well, it's funny. I read an article where he was actually having a lot of anxiety about directing for Picard. Um, so even, with everything, yeah, even th- with everything under his belt, he still gets a little anxious, which is good, because that means he still cares about the, the material. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's exciting. And I'm always happy to know that people that I care about are getting more work, you know? Oh, yeah. 
It's exciting yeah, I think, stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just. I'm sorry, I'm just taking it all in. Like it's just so exciting. I literally <laughs> cannot wait for the show. <laughs> I imagine that you're just like bouncing up and down. Yeah, you know me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it because otherwise you'll just. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, no, I think we're good. Thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to continue being a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Yes, Until hopefully. Picard comes out, and then it's either going to continue being a lot of fun, or we're just going to have a lot of meltdowns. Yeah, we'll be like, yeah, screw it, the show sucks. Let's fold up. Fangasms. I mean, meltdowns, that's that's good content right there. So <laughs> There you go. Get it on air. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs>